You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treder and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. On this episode of AGW, we are joined by Lauren Tusignant. Lauren is a writer and comedian in Brooklyn who works as a digital editor at NewYorkPost.com. Growing up in Lowell, Massachusetts, with future dreams of becoming an Olympic figure skater, reporter, and or working at NASA, Lauren was obsessed with rollerblading, aliens, the Dear America series, and of course, all things American Girl. Lauren had Felicity, and she's read the historic books, the catalog, and the beloved AG magazine, but we can't wait to hear more. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. So excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Lauren, before we get into the world of AG, what were you like growing up? I was a only child to begin with. I know that I like got in trouble with my teachers a lot because I would just talk over them. I didn't listen to rules. Honestly, like thinking back to when I was a kid, if I had been a boy, they probably would have been like, you have ADHD. You sound like an independent rebel, much like Felicity. Yes. There's one funny story my mom tells where when I was in preschool, I stole the prize box and like gave the prizes out to everyone because I didn't think it was fair. Oh my God. Socialist icon. Truly. (laughs) At like three years old, I was like ready for the revolution. (laughs) Do you think that like being an only child kind of informed your personality in this way? Or do you think regardless, you were just destined to be like the sort of independent, your own person type of personality? I feel like, yeah, being an only child, like definitely makes you more independent just because you're by yourself so much. (laughs) Like it's literally just like you and your imagination. I've always thought about like, if I had like older siblings, if I would have just like followed them or like done what they had done or if I still would have been like I want to like define myself like do my own things so yeah being an only child is definitely like a weird experience fair enough I was the only girl growing up in my family and I feel like I was definitely more on the independent side doing really (laughs) weird and wacky things always like I have a similar story which I don't think anyone really knows about this is one of my private stories where I went through a phase when I was seven of like stealing things and (laughs) I love that (laughs) this was actually crazy and like clearly like there was no thought behind it but in second grade I very clearly remember trying to steal glitter from our art closet in my classroom but I stole it by like dumping it into my backpack. Like I took the glitter and like, <laughs> like poured it right in, which is like the worst thing you could possibly do. True chaos. <laughs> Lindsay, I truly didn't ever know this about you, but I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing. <laughs> she was a little bit rebellious in her early really? years. I yeah. similarly to like, to both of you, like, 
I, I mean, I wasn't an only child, but I did have a five-year age gap between myself and my brother. So I was the only girl and I was the only girl for a while. And I feel like it just makes you an eccentric kid. Like it sounds like the three of us were all kind of eccentric kids. (laughs) And I think like to your point, Lauren, like you got to like get really creative in the ways that you're playing because you only have yourself. So like this is, this is probably problematic because this is my untold story. But when I was a kid, I used to, in my room after my parents went to bed at night, watch Nick at Night. And I would watch Gilligan's Island a lot. I don't know if you are familiar with that show. I really wanted to build a hammock because they slept in hammocks on that show because they were like on a deserted island and I built a hammock in my room when I was like five and it came crashing down and my dad came (laughs) running in the room and he was like why are you up and I and I should have been like why do I have a tv in my room I'm five but you just get into weird shit when you are like the only girl or the only child or the only child for a while, which I think makes a, makes you ripe for like an American girl type obsession to come along. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Lauren, what was your earliest memory with American girl and how old were you when you started to dip your toe into the world of American girl? How did you get introduced I'm pretty sure my friend Victoria was like the first girl of our like neighborhood group to have a doll and she had Samantha. Of course. I'm sorry, but of course a girl named Victoria has Samantha because like Victoria is like the (laughs) the number one bingiest name and Samantha's number two, I would say. So yes. Iconic. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, I think she got it for like her birthday the summer before second grade and then everyone else like that Christmas I know I I got mine that Christmas second grade so it was 97 and my mom told me that she started getting like the catalogs and I like went through and Felicity was like the first one I like I think maybe it was the first one I saw because she was the first one in there, but she, <laughs> she also, yeah, chronologically the first one, but she said, she was like, nope. She was like, once you like had your mind set on Felicity, that's all you talked about, all you wanted for months. And then, yeah, I got her on Christmas. So I was, yeah, second grade, I must've been seven, seven or eight, but yeah. And then I finally, I finally, I had a newer doll than Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> What would you say like drew you to Felicity when you were looking through the catalog besides her maybe being like your first impression of the dolls? I don't know. I feel like I had a weird obsession with like colonial times when I was a kid. So I think like number one, it was that time period. I don't even have like an explanation for that other than like, I just remember like really thinking the colonial times were just like the best times ever. You grew up in Massachusetts, which is like a very historical state. Like, did you have a lot of exposure to history and like historic sites growing up? Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like Laura, you can attest to this. Like it is just like drilled into your brain from like the second you can like comprehend anything. It's just like Massachusetts, like we like Plymouth Rock, like totally. the Mills, like <laughs> Boston like, Tea Party. Yeah. Like even like, I don't know. I feel like even in Lowell, there's like, oh, this rock was the first rock that 
you know, the first person that lived in Lowell saw when they came here and like everything has such like just a tied history to like the birth of America. Truly, I would say you get to a point like as you get older where you're like, okay, not everything can be historically significant. Like there's definitely some things that don't need plaques. There's definitely some things that don't need like a Wikipedia page. But I definitely think you're right about like everything sort of having this historical lens because like if you go to other states or at least like my experience from traveling to like other states out on the west coast like that is not the case at all everything is so like bright shiny and new and I don't know if this was your experience growing up but I had friends that like whose houses were built like in felicity time so yes like everybody's living in an old ass house like that's just the norm yeah. It was like a point of pride, at least in Lowell, if you lived in like an old home, even my mom was always like, we live in like an early 1900s home. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, it just is, has a lot of history. And I was like, what? <laughs> it means Samantha. Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. I grew up in Connecticut, which I mean, is like historically. I think it's kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like everything important really happened in Massachusetts or, you know, surrounding states. I could be wrong on that. I'm sure Connecticut had a vibrant history in itself. The real historic ties are elsewhere. And that always drew me to American Girl, that learning about the history of these places that were like pretty close by, especially with Virginia and Felicity and imagining myself in these different scenarios. So I could mm-hmm. only imagine that growing up in a place where, you know, your friends are living in homes that were built in the 1700s and just, you know, how much of a connection that would build and be meaningful to connect the American girl world to your own life. Yeah, for sure. Do you think, Lauren, because I know you said that like your friend got an American girl and then sort of a lot of other girls in your friend group and class kind of followed suit. But do you think that they were also maybe targeting your mom? <laughs> like they had some <laughs> consumer data and they were like, oh, someone's daughter just hit seven. We got to send her a catalog. Oh, I'm sure. Because she, I, it worked out that I was like home for a couple of weeks before before this and like I talked to her a lot and she was like I don't remember sending out for anything but I'm sure they had (laughs) yeah some watch on the neighborhood of like when are when are the girls hitting this age (laughs) seriously oh my goodness something I'm so nostalgic for is suburban neighborhoods especially now that we all live in Brooklyn and are a bit like separate from that life but could you just go into like the dynamics of your neighborhood if they were interesting at all? Like there was Victoria, were there any other kids around? Yeah, I I feel like I definitely grew up in like a very stereotypical like suburban Massachusetts cul-de-sac with the history. Like there's this like hill in my neighborhood that has like all the mansions of the mill owners so that was like, like we would always run around. The ma- Most of them don't have people living in them anymore. They're like rented out for movies and stuff. So oh my like, goodness. yeah, growing up, it was always like, like we're running around the old mansions. Also the way, this is, this is going to be so hard to explain. It sounds so stupid, but like the way the neighborhood is set up is in like blocks. So it's like, it's not like long streets. It's like, I guess it's the easiest way to say it is great. <laughs> so <laughs> there there were a lot of kids in the neighborhood and we would always have like block tag so we would like designate 
a certain number of blocks that were allowed. Definitely more exciting in my memory now that I'm saying it out loud. No, that brings back all the nostalgia. I love that. So wholesome. Lauren, you received Felicity at Christmas. Do you remember that at all? Like, do you remember unwrapping her? I wish I had a memory of her Christmas morning. My mom said that once I opened her, I didn't open any of my other gifts. So I just hung out with her for like, for the morning. Right? Like future note, like save the American Girl doll for last. Yeah. Like she's the present that comes around the corner at the very tail end of Christmas that you yep. surprise your kid with. Mm-hmm. Like, oops, we forgot one. Right. That, like that literally, gift. that literally did happen to one of our guests, Lindsay. Didn't it happen to your friend Airly? It did happen to Airly. <laughs> yes. Their parents were like, oh, there's one more. Yeah. I can were, like, they were on it. Oh, I can feel that as a child being like, oh, like, thinking you didn't get the gift you wanted and then oh my god oh what pure joy that's how I felt this Christmas when my mom told me she forgot to let me know that she got me shallow pasta bowls from Amazon that they would be arriving at the end of January that's exactly how get it that's the adult version of getting an American girl is your last gift is getting kitchenware (laughs) exactly I do remember like two days after Christmas, my best friend who lived two streets away, she also got an American girl doll and she got Kirsten. And like, I brought Felicity over and we were playing with their new dolls and we got in a fight because like, (laughs) we were like (laughs) arguing who was better. And I was like, Felicity was the best. She was the first, like she lived before we were even a country. Oh my God. Yeah. I was diehard Felicity. Sounds like it. The fights that would crop up over American Girls when we were kids because the stakes were so high because they were like so Mm -hmm. expensive. Like I totally remember getting into fights with people when playing with them about like if you were going to mix them, you know, mix and match them when you're playing with your girlfriends and they would like brush their hair wrong or something and be like, oh my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) When people tried to give Felicity braids, I was like, step away. Like she is not. Well, Lauren, did you have an assortment of outfits and accessories for Felicity that came later? What was her best look? I actually got to go through all of these like a week ago, which was very fun because my mom still has all of them. I do remember her Christmas outfit, like the dance outfit, the blue silk dress that like her mom was making her for the dance but then her mom fell ill and then I think someone else finished it I think I got I'm pretty sure I got the dress like that first Christmas like with Felicity I got like that dress the one she wears like the the one with the roses on it Mm, and then I got her like her birthday dress and then I think I got her like bedtime dress but that blue silk dress I was just like like this is luxury (laughs) yeah definitely that is a stunning dress yeah. I also had, I had figure skating outfits for her. I was going to ask because obviously figure skating was a big deal for you growing up. And American Girl is like prime positioned with figure skating as one mm-hmm. of like the hobby outfits you could get in like the girl of today section. So I would be disappointed if you didn't have a figure skating outfit for Felicity. Yep. No, I had a selection of figure skating outfits. I had figure skates which kind of took her out of her era, but that's okay. This is interesting. Lauren, 
I think you're maybe the first guest or one of our only guests that use their historic doll in a way like outside of their time period. Many of our guests just weren't going into the girl of today assortment of clothing to put on really? their historic dolls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the dedication to that. I had a 70s outfit for her. Like I had a hippie like bell bottoms and like tie dye. Yes. I had a good amount of outfits that weren't like her colonial era. Oh my God. I love that. I had a couple of the girl of today outfits as well. Like I feel like I had a couple of the historic dresses, but I really maximized my uh, wardrobe in the girl of today more than anything. And like, I had like the matching nightgown with my girl of today, um, Felicity and her bear. And I had a matching AG bear in my collection as well. I feel like I was going for more of like the late nineties outfits. Well, I feel like, you know, you have to be able to be flexible because I think around the time that we were all, you know, within a few years of each other getting into American Girl, like Girl of Today was either brand new or maybe had been out for a couple of years, but the historical dolls were like the bread and butter. Like those were the ones you yeah. really wanted. So you could like swap in a little bit of like a cheerleading outfit or like a New Year's outfit from Girl of Today. But I feel like the ones that like everybody was getting around that time were still the historical ones. So it was like a transitionary period, a little mix and match moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. And I think this is a great segue into our next question. We have to talk about the catalog. I feel like this was one of the most crucial parts of the American Girl marketing strategy. What was your experience with the AG catalog? It was like a cultural touchstone of the mid nineties. I remember whenever, and I feel like most of them still like it showed the same clothes and accessories for the most part, but every time what was the catalog like for it was by season yes yeah I remember when it came in yeah I would just sit down and I would just like circle like start even things I already had I would just like circle things that's an interesting point that it really didn't change much season over season like it wasn't like a whole new catalog like you might see with like a fashion brand like a limited two catalog it was basically the same catalog over and over for like a decade yeah. You know, with not too many changes. They like that... changed the cover and like changed right. like the position of the doll, like how they were like <laughs> standing or sitting. The vignettes were yeah. a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they did somewhat like do focuses like geared towards certain seasons. So to your point, like they would have the same assortment, but kind of position it differently. So I remember around the springtime, they would always do an emphasis on the um, like saves the day stories and those outfits that matched them. So like Felicity's, I want to say was like her riding outfit for that season and then for the fall I know they would like focus on the school outfits as like their main vignette but I used to always personally covet like whatever new outfit they'd released for a girl of today even though I didn't have one at the time seasonally so there was always like an Easter dress or like a New Year's dress that I was like I have to have this put on my Samantha doll. (laughs) (laughs) What about furniture Lauren did you have any like heavy duty accessories like furniture or pets uh for your doll um well I had 
I had the horse. I had Penny, which you had Penny. I had oh Penny, <laughs> which is like is very. I don't know. It's very funny because I wasn't like a horse. Like I wasn't like a horse person when I was younger, but I loved Penny. Um, also, the furniture. This was. This is like. This is a very sweet story. My one of my mom's closest friends. Her dad was like did like woodwork stuff and he like made me all this furniture like yeah so all my I had like an armoire I had like a desk a bed a tea set I basically had like everything that was in the catalog but it was handmade by this family friend was it modeled after the uh, furniture that was available in the catalog it was, I know the bed was modeled after Felicity's bed, but the armoire was kind of, I don't know, wasn't from like any age. It was just like this big armoire and he like painted flowers on the front of it. Um, yeah. And the desk, the desk was like old timey. It was like definitely from the colonial era. Um, so special. Yeah. And I didn't, when I was going through all this stuff, I like, I like didn't even remember originally. <laughs> like, yeah. So bad. Like a kind-hearted thing to do. Seriously, that's so special. Do you still have those pieces to this day? My wow. mom has them like all like wrapped and stored um in our attic. What a treasure. That's incredible. Yeah. Did you ever get into the historic clothing like that you could wear? Like was that something that you wanted or that you had? So this is kind of sad. I wanted it so badly, but I was like a large child. (laughs) I was like very tall and just like, I don't know. I was just like a tall, big kid. So, and not to bring up Victoria again, but Victoria had all the historical clothes and she had all of them. And I always asked for them and it wasn't until years later, my mom was like, I was never going to order them for you because they were never going to fit you. (laughs) That's too bad. But I think in the long run, your mom was like looking out. She was like, we'll focus on other things. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I don't think we've had a guest yet. Like have any of the clothing like I think it's something that we all wanted and didn't get mm-hmm. for whatever reason like they're all expensive so, so expensive they were so expensive like I still feel guilty if I spend like 150 dollars on a dress like I'll always like yeah. think twice and to purchase that for your nine-year-old is just like absurd right so crazy and it was expensive at the time I can only imagine how expensive it is now 300 yeah, even more so. What about like any items for your doll? Were there any items that you really wanted for Felicity that you didn't get, but you coveted them every time you got the catalog? I really wanted the tea set and I got the tea set for the next Christmas. I feel like there was something in her like Christmas display. Also her like summer, her summer birthday party setup. It had like, a, I think it had like a kite and like, it basically was like a different tea setup. I never got the lamb, but I had like the oh, huge, posy. like the huge goddamn horse, but I never got cozy, <laughs> which I remember feeling sad that I didn't have the like little miniature <laughs> lamb. Totally valid. Sounds like you had quite the collection either way. Like it, I did it. It was pretty extensive. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. That that's awesome. So how are you like playing with your American girl? Like, were you bringing her over to your friend's house? Like, it seems like you had interacted with Kirsten on mm-hmm. the post Christmas, uh, fight of 1990 whatever um but were you bringing her to Victoria's house or other friends what were you doing with your dolls yeah I was definitely especially after that Christmas we all there was like a neighborhood group of like 10 of us and we all had dolls like after that Christmas so it was definitely I feel like Victoria is the one who had like the American girl doll birthday party but yeah yes (gasps) what did this entail it was just, I can't, I, I'm pretty sure it's her. I have a memory of an American Girl doll birthday party, but it was like a tea party at the house. Um, and just everyone came with their dolls and the mom like set up tea and sandwiches, which is why I think it was Victoria because she was the only one who had Samantha. Yeah. Mm. Was it Samantha themed? Yeah. It was definitely like, like a, Victorian. a Victorian era. Yeah. <laughs> what if you didn't have a doll? Like, for this party like was a doll a barrier to entry I like I would not have been shocked if that was the case I just like can't remember anyone not having a doll at that time although like there definitely were I don't know I feel like at that time she would have been like well you can come but like I don't know it might be weird (laughs) (laughs) so savage all right Lauren let's talk about the books a bit were you into the historic books? What were some of your favorites? Yes, I actually, I read all of the books, like from every doll. I loved Felicity. I loved the the dress saga, the like Christmas dress saga. And I love, I mean, this is me rereading like the wiki pages. I remember like being so angry at the grandfather because the grandfather was like against like the like Patriots and he was like for England and he was mad at the dad because the dad wanted to stop selling tea in the store. I remember that. I loved, 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 loved Molly's books. I don't know. I guess maybe it was something with her era, but even like reading through the summaries, I was like, oh my God, Molly hated turnips. And that was like such a huge, I don't know. I feel like every book had like some plot point about like, Molly having to be faced with turnips and <laughs> like rereading that just like there was this piece in my brain that was just like oh my god like yes we hate turnips everyone hate turnips. hates turnips <laughs> that's hilarious I really did love the Molly books I loved that whole era I think like also World War II era stuff like I don't know if you guys felt this way but being into history like when we were a little older in school like I couldn't wait to study World War II like that's all I wanted to learn about in history was World War II so I read some of Molly's books not all of them but I also kind of remember being drawn to that time period maybe because it felt like Mm -hmm. more recent but I also do remember being like oh when you study World War II like you're in high school you're an adult right Mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. history for grown-ups yeah exactly truly did you also get into the other ag books like the care and keeping of you or the help book series they had some friendship books like were you into like the ag like adjacent series i think like most girls our age the care and keeping of you like just i have ptsd from 
our, like, our literal Bible for growing up. Really. I actually do remember walking into my bedroom one day and the book was just like sitting on my bed. And yes. <laughs> that happened to me too. I did every mom, why is every mom like wordlessly sliding the care and keeping of <laughs> like, you under your bedroom door? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. There must have been some like parenting book at the time that was just like, don't like bring it up with your kids just let them like read it themselves uh, <laughs> yeah, I honestly for the best like I appreciated that yeah yeah but I, I want to talk about it with my mom so I appreciate that they created this book <laughs> but I do remember reading that book like just in silent horror oh yeah there was also one about like friendship like fighting with friends and yeah. I remember when my mom got that for me because I, I was like my friends didn't like me in third grade <laughs> just I it's just you know as it happens probably because I was the only one with Felicity and they were jealous but <laughs> <laughs> I remember my mom getting me that book to read I had it too and I have it and I brought it back to my apartment and it is intense it's like a hundred pages of like how to be a good friend, how to keep friends, how to resolve issues where I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is a lot of effort. I hate this. (laughs) And surprisingly, I have friends today, but I'm like, this, this just seems like too much effort after reading this book, but they have pages in the back of it where your friends could fill out like little, um, notes about themselves. And so it's like full of my friends from, probably like fourth grade filling this out and one of them we're gonna have on as a guest later down the line it's really funny this book it has like you know these sections that are like obviously like your name and how you met your friend and then it has a section that's like what are the differences between like me and the friend that's filling it out and like nine times out of the ten like a girl will either mention our height or our hair color as like the defining differences between the two of us like that's what matters it was so much easier to make friends back then though for that reason like everybody was the same except for like the way you looked seriously like Lindsay was tall I'm short like (laughs) that's that's what I say about us all the time Lindsay seriously (laughs) I had one I had one friend that filled it out being like Lindsay's older I'm younger and this was a friend that was literally born like two weeks after I was <laughs> oh my god oh my. you were older than her Lauren kind of on the note of like these other offerings from American Girl did you have the American Girl computer game someone had brought this up to me recently and I had it and it like totally unlocked so many memories for me it was called American Girl Premiere where you could put on little plays on the computer with the American Girl characters. You could record it. You could make them say anything you want in this robot voice, which was probably pretty innovative at the time. And it kind of sounds like that robot TikTok voice. (laughs) And you could like, I don't know, make them do different movements. You could place different furniture in the sets. But my friends and I would always use this as like, the characters would just be spinning around like repeatedly swearing like did anyone (laughs) else know about this or have it this does not spark any memory for me unfortunately Uh, I the only computer games I remember from that time were like the sims and roller coaster tycoon 
<laughs> Fair. Lindsay, I think what you need to do is get your hands on a disk drive and a copy of this game and see if you can play it. And yeah. I'll, I'll join you in playing it so that I can see what it's like. Because I am not familiar with this game either. I probably wanted it, though, if it existed. I have the CD still at my parents' house. So, like, it exists. I have it. I have access to it. I just don't know where to find, like, the CD drive mechanism. And, like, can I download it to my computer these days? Imagine if it stored, like, my games within it. It would be so Ooh, fucked up. That would be awesome. That would be a treasure trove. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like, a look into my mind. A peek into the past, as some would say. I bet it's easier than you think to find, like, an old CD desktop type something somewhere. Yeah, or, like, an adapter that you can plug into your yeah. regular computer. I recently had my VHS tapes converted into like a digital format from someone in my neighborhood. I realized that like you could buy a VHS player or you could just go to like a place to have them converted. And there was this kid in my neighborhood that actually did it for like $5 a VHS tape. So I had all of my old dance recitals digitized and like random like school plays and it was worth every single penny and I would have paid like triple the amount for it. That's such a good idea. All right, Lauren. So we asked this of all of our guests and would absolutely love to hear it from you. What is the lasting impression that American Girl has left on you? When I was young, like I did feel independent and I definitely get in trouble a lot for like talking and like, you know, not doing what you know, like my mom wanted me to do or like wearing dresses that my mom wanted me to wear. And like, so seeing all that in Felicity was just, you know, such a solidifier of being like, you can be this way. It's, it's okay. (laughs) I feel like we can all relate to like certain aspects of each doll. I think Pleasant Company did a really good job of making the characters because again like something we've talked about throughout this entire episode was being drawn to history and I think a lot of history seems really inaccessible and I think that what you're saying about like independence and stuff like that being something that was really important to you as a kid they translated that into a character that maybe would have been out of reach in the traditional avenues that you would have learned about history. Like they gave an opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn about a nine-year-old girl who, you know, you actually have a lot in common with, even though you lived like hundreds of years apart. Yes, exactly. And also even all the other dolls, like I remember like Samantha was so like inventive, I feel like. And she like was so like had these big dreams and like Addie was like so smart and like cared so deeply for her family. So I agree. They definitely did a good job of giving all these dolls and all these historical time periods, like such relatable attributes that, you know, regardless of when you grew up. Definitely. And they really showed like people outside societal norms, especially for young girls growing up, not fitting the mold. And I feel like so many people could relate to that growing up and, you know, looking inward at themselves, realizing there are so many qualities that the American girls have that I also embody, like whether it's being like a rebellious, independent, free-spirited seven-year-old in Lowell, Massachusetts, and really relating to a character. It's really 
a testament to Pleasant Company at how well they were able to, you know, create these books that were bringing the history to life and making sure that girls felt seen and heard. And I think that's the reason why people still love them today. And we're talking about it still. They really captured our hearts. Timeless. Well, shall we get into our game section? Let's do it. Yes. All right, Lauren, we're going to play a little game of word association to test your memory on how well you remember the friends and family of our historic girls in the AG universe. And right now we are just doing the originals. So Felicity, Kirsten, Addie, Josefina, Samantha, and Molly... And I'm going to read names to you, and you have three seconds to match them up to their historic dolls. You don't have to say, like, who they were, what they did, just match them up to their girls. And this is going to be rapid fire, and if you cannot remember who it is, just say skip. That is totally fine. Okay. Uncle Guard. Molly. Annabelle Cole. Felicity. Auntie Lula. Josefina. Emily Bennett. That's definitely Molly. Mariana. Kirsten? Miss Manderley. Addie. Singing Bird. Samantha. Grand Mary. Samantha. Harriet Davis. Kirsten? Agatha Pitt. Kirsten? Jiggy Nye. Felicity. Teresita. Josefina? Gladys Guilford. Samantha. Lars Larson. Felicity? Marta. Uh, Samantha or Molly? Molly. Ah, uh, Molly. Mrs. Ford. <laughs> uh, Addie. Allison Hargate. Uh, Samantha. <laughs> Magdalena. Uh, skip. All right, that's all. So you definitely leaned, leaned into Felicity there. Miss Manderley was Felicity, though. That was her teacher. Uh, okay. Some other, other call-outs here. Gladys Gilford was Molly. That was actually her neighbor that made her eat the turnips. Oh, I should have had that one. <laughs> Marta was Kirsten's friend that passed during their journey. During the, yeah, during the yeah. immigrant journey, she died. That's very sad. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Gardner Edwards was Samantha. Emily Bennett was Molly. And who else? Lars Larson was Kirsten. I should have known that one. Who is Singing Bird? Singing Bird is Kirsten's friend that okay. she meets in the forest. Oh, she was, okay, yeah. Okay, I did not do that well. <laughs> and that's it. That's fine. We're just jogging memories here. But Laura has another game that is subjective and that there are no wrong answers. <laughs> Unless I think that you're wrong. But <laughs> I, I, I think that you're going to crush this. So Lauren, you gave us a list of your favorite celebrities and you gave us so many good ones. I didn't know who to choose. But then when I came across your figure skating past, I felt like I had to go in a certain direction. So one of the celebrities is on your list. The other one isn't. But I feel like they have a strong connection and they would both project well onto American Girl dolls. So if you would, please let us know which dolls you think Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding would have. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. 
I feel like Nancy Kerrigan would have had Kirsten. Okay. Because I feel like Kirsten's demeanor was like very loving and very sweet and very not reserved, but you know, she wasn't like, she wasn't like a rebellious tomboy like Felicity was. And I feel like Nancy Kerrigan definitely had the kind of like America's sweetheart thing going on. I feel like Tanya Harding would have had Samantha. (laughs) I definitely think Tanya Harding had such a class complex. I guess I would say that she'd be like, Samantha's the best one. She's the richest. She has the nicest things. (laughs) I feel, I kind of feel like that's where Tanya Harding would have gone. Or she would have just like, I don't know, given the finger to all of them. (laughs) not I want the create your own yeah Yeah, that's so true I didn't even think of that when I asked this question but that's a great point I I love your reasoning behind each of them you know initially when I when I was thinking about this I was thinking that Nancy Kerrigan would have been a total Samantha because of like her kind of like prissiness Mm. but but I think you hit the nail on the head with the personality. Samantha's personality is not necessarily like a match for like Nancy Kerrigan's like vibe, at least like what I get from her when watching. I yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that checks out. I think, I think that potentially Tanya Harding could have been a good Felicity candidate too. Um, I do see that as well. But I, I like your reasoning behind these answers. I think definitely like Kirsten is like a very sweet and like kind personality checks out there. We'll, we'll have to check in with both those ladies and see if they agree. <laughs> when you have them on the podcast, let me know right? what they say. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, well, Lauren, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Please, this was the best. <laughs> please let everyone know where they could find you. I am mainly on Twitter. You can find me at L underscore Tusignant. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.